Sup, you've reached Clarissa. I'm out somewhere being da bomb and can't answer. My bad. <laughs> Leave me your name number and a sweet message and I'll hit you up later. Peace. Hey, it's Amelia. And Sherrick. You told us to call, let you know what we're doing. We're, we get your voicemail almost every week at this point. Oh, well, I guess we'll leave you a message about what we're up to and our pop culture thoughts of the week, and hopefully we'll hear back from you soon. It's like we have a podcast about wearing the three outfits that we were already excited to wear this summer, so we won't really have any more options anymore. (laughs) That beginning brought to you by 80 Degree Days in April. That was the most announcer voice I think I've ever heard you do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I was like, I'm wondering where this is going to go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that was like what I was going to say or one thing I was going to say about how my week was is that it Mm -hmm. was 87 degrees for three days this week. And it's the beginning of a beginning mid April. And now it's 32 and there's a layer of snow on the ground. And I'm like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Welcome. Welcome to the Midwest during climate change. Thank you. Yes. Because <laughs> I was going to say, yes, the weather in the upper Midwest is crazy and has always been, has always ranged from a very low temperature to a very high temperature mm-hmm. over the course of the year. But mm-hmm. this fast of a turnaround, climate change. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. So and, and into out of out of that and into how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, besides it being, I mean, lovely in the sense that it was sunny mm-hmm. and I didn't need to carry around a jacket. I mean, I love summer. And so this was somewhat great. Although, as my mom pointed out, she's like, yeah, you know, in April, it's a lot. But in July, it's OK. And I was like, even in July, I get kind of pissy about 87 degrees. <laughs> Um, so, you know, 60s. I just wanted 60s. Mm, I'm, 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 I'm like 73, 74 myself. Like, yeah, okay. But I mean, for April, for April, I hope it's going to be in the 50s or 60s. I I would love 70s, but that even that's a little bit high for April in the upper Midwest. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that for sure. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, it was a nice mood booster in a way. Mm-hmm. And now with the snow again, I'm like, son of a bitch. But yeah, how else was my week? Um, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nothing too exciting, I guess. Just working and all that jazz. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Not really. So how was your week? Well, I got the I got the majority of the art that I got from C2E2 up on my walls. Awesome. For Amelia's edification only, because people can't see it otherwise. There are the just behind me here are the Pokemon ones that I I went to Amazon and bought some really cheap frames that are actually pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know what all you bought, so I don't know what's different necessarily yeah, or what's from yeah. C2E2. Exactly. So that's why I was like, let me point it out. I just had to rub my eye for a second. And maybe I'll put a picture up on my own personal Instagram, but if you want mm-hmm. to. No, I love that. That's so great. I haven't but put yeah, anything of mine up yet. So, so. the 
the the table that sold that the artist's name is Jen Taylor. Uh, I don't mind shouting her out because she's fantastic. Oh yeah, I um, got one of her cards. Yeah, you did. You bought something. You bought uh you bought stuff from her as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, having you bought, trouble like, remembering this, what I bought I from her. I think I think she was the Spice Girls. Oh poster yeah. Lady. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I bought a I bought a few things from her. Yeah, yeah, you did. So um, she also had a full on uh, Pokemon set of, of all of the starters from Kanto plus Pikachu, and I was like, I really want that Squirtle, that Blastoise, and that Pikachu. And she was like, Got to get them all or nothing, homie. And I was like, All right, Jen, you drive a hard bargain. I guess I'll do it. I mean, so, gotta collect them all. Yeah, well, I mean, I collected <laughs> le- like less than like a like a a. A sixty fourth of all. No, <laughs> so much Pokemon, but yeah. Uh, so I've got to catch I, them all. Sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. you're fine. They don't even but, use that tagline anymore because they're like, eh, there's a, there's like a fucking thousand of them. Anyway, but yeah. So the the other ones are sitting on a thing down there because I haven't bought frames for them. So mm-hmm. I honestly wasn't considering putting them up, but like maybe I will. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, then, I. Um, I have to decide where I want to put what and what kind of mm-hmm. frames I want. I always I always default to black frames and I don't necessarily need everything to be in a black frame. So yeah. like I just need to think about it and decide. All I'll say is don't don't necessarily sleep on some of the frames on Amazon because they were re- relatively cheap got here early. Yeah, and... I've gotten frames from them before as much as I hate a lot about Amazon. Mhm. Damn it! If they aren't convenient, anyway. <laughs> that's that's, but that's that's the rub with them, you know. Like that's yeah. the thing, because if it wasn't convenient, nearly, I don't think they would have nearly as much as business as they oh, would. Oh no, like, they wouldn't, and so they take advantage of the fact that they can treat people like shit because they make money. Mm-hmm. And so it, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a moral yeah, dilemma. You'll never, you'll that, never, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a tweet earlier today that was like. Well, if you don't like the the billionaire CEO of Twitter so much, why are you on here? It's like, buddy, I have a I have a lot of news for you about all the corporations on Earth. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I just saw this. Okay, I just saw this TikTok, and it was, and I've seen, we've all seen, I'm sure, tons of posts about the Bud Light cans mm-hmm. with Dylan Mulvaney on them, and which to rainbows. clarify. Mm-hmm. To clarify, they did one can for mm-hmm. Dylan mm-hmm. and sent it directly to her. Mm-hmm. So all the people that are like, I don't want that such and such face on my beard. It's not. It's not oh, on your beard. Oh, okay. It's literally just one can. They sent one can oh, to her. okay. That's but, it. But there like, are cans of Bud Light with rainbows on them. Sure, but that's like a thing that it, they right? do is perform. There, there's a thing that they, they like. All the corporations do that for pride anyway. Oh, so like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. The fuck totally. Is like, no, that's not, I mean, that's not the point. The point yeah. of my story is that, like, I saw this TikTok where this guy, and it was, like, somebody, it was a stitch where somebody was reacting to this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy did not come up on my FYP. <laughs> <laughs> my algorithm were really fucked if this guy mm-hmm. came up. Anyway, but, so the original was about this guy who went to the beer store. <laughs> fucking love the the beer store anyway and went and was gonna go buy bud light saw the rainbows on it was like fuck that no thank you picked up a different beer and the cashier was like hey just so you know like that beer is also made by (laughs) anheuser-busch it's the same company as bud light and he was like okay fuck and like picked out another one he was like no that that's still anheuser-busch and he was like 
god damn it and then like picked out he was like well i guess then i'll go with cores or something and he was like okay so cores like sponsors pride parades and pride shit and whatever just just so you know mm-hmm. like this cashier I, i'm really hoping that this cashier is like not on his side but just was like trying to be informative but also point out what an idiot he is mm-hmm. and and he was like well fuck that and like puts it back and then picks up miller and he's like okay dude miller and cores are the same company like just you know and basically it was like just a, like you unless you want a local brew like craft brew yes like there's basically three major beer companies and mm. they all have supported pride and lgbtq things yes. so like it's performative but they still have done it you know like right um yeah, I mean, I think this would be an interesting topic sometime to talk about, like, sort of the moral gray area about, like, things like Amazon and or the performative nature of some of these things. Like, yeah, we could throw it on the list. We, we can I get think spicy. That would be super I'll, interesting. I'll save some. I'll save some opinions that I was going to have for that. Yeah, but I just, like, I just wanted to say that, like, what I loved about that is saying, like, okay, there's like three major companies in this area. Mm-hmm. And they all do this. So, yeah. like, it is very hard to, like, it's very hard in any area to, like, boycott or try to find a different alternative unless you're going super independent and local. Which which mm-hmm. also has its benefits. And Correct. we can talk about that as well. But I just think the point is, the point is that, like, major corporations own a lot of this shit. and so. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to kind of pick and choose what you support and what you kind of sweep under the rug, unfortunately. Yes. And another thing that I will quick point out is that Anheuser Busch does a lot of donating to the Republican Party. So they are. Yes. But like they so so like it's funny because uh, I, I was reading Reddit and like Don Don Trump Jr. and Joe Rogan were getting some backlash for just being like, maybe we should chill on this. Like Don gave the game away. It's like, hey. Anheuser-Busch gives us a lot of money. Maybe don't boycott them. And Joe Rogan was like, who gives a shit while drinking Bud Light like on his show? Which I was like, yeah, some of them, they probably paid him to do that. But like mm-hmm. still like that's, you know, it's still just funny in general. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like it, you maybe pay attention before you eat your own fan base up, you know, like. Yep. And that's again, that's the thing is that like basically all major corporations even the ones that donate to quote unquote liberal causes or what I would call good causes mm-hmm. uh, and do it in maybe an honest and less performative way, they all still donate to the Republican Party because the Republican Party will support their right to like pay less, keep labor laws from being too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, Go on and on and on. Like All it's, that shit. Mm-hmm. Keep keep the ruling. I mean, this isn't the, the Republican Party necessarily, but still keeping the ruling that companies are people or corporations are people. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, is that we could go on and on about this. We'll do a different episode about it. And yeah, I need to rewatch The Good Place because that is something that is that talks about this really well, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, that's pretty much it for my week. Honestly, like I didn't do too much, but uh, I do have something new for you. Uh oh. 
and I'm calling it Sherry's Unhinged Thought of the Week. Woo! I don't know if, Jam, if you want to make that echo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, if you can do that, that would be amazing. So I was reading a website and it said something, it had a joke about like JFK Airport and I was just like, what if like what if your legacy was just like some airport that like half the population just fucking hates and the other half has just done some real weird ridiculous ass shit in like went and went and was feeling frisky so I went and had me some public sex at the <laughs> Amelia International <laughs> I'd support that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like thinking about that for a little bit too long and well, I was just like, but like fucking No, just... that's that's a really interesting thought, but I think like JFK Airport is maybe for me not the best example because I think JFK leaves a legacy of a lot of things. Yeah. Whereas there are some airports that like we no longer remember who that was named after. So like O'Hare. I have no idea what O'Hare is named for. Sure. Or Dulles Airport in Washington. Or, you know, even even in my hometown, our Hector International Airport mm-hmm. <laughs> in Fargo, North Dakota, mm-hmm. which I always laugh about how it has international in the name because it mm-hmm. occasionally flies to Canada. Well, it's like it's like it's like wrestling championships. They are they are officially a world championship if they have been defended outside of the United States. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or I should say outside of their home country. Gotcha. So like if a U.S promotion def- like has a saudi arabia show and the title is defended it is officially then a world championship hmm. like, gotcha or, in, so, yeah. or, in, or to make it more simple in toronto canada like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know i have no idea who hector is for that I, airport and uh-huh. you know so like i think in in those cases in particular like your only legacy at least in a large consciousness, people mm-hmm. in those places or whatever may know, you know, because that person may be super important to that city and less so to the country or world at large. And mm-hmm. but, you know, if that's your legacy is like having an airport named after you and literally nobody remembers what else you did or why why you were important enough to get an airport named after you, mm-hmm. then yeah, like that is <laughs> Yeah, for what oh, it's worth, yeah. uh, I, I did a quick look up, and O'Hare is named after uh, Lieutenant Commander Edward H. Butch O'Hare, a Medal mm-hmm. of Honor recipient from Chicago. So, hmm. okay, that. interesting. Yeah, I was recently at Midway Airport in Chicago, mm-hmm. and there was a big, there's a fairly large display about the Battle of Midway, which was okay. a World War II battle, and I was yeah. like, was this named? after the battle of midway because like what what is the connection there mm-hmm. i mean other than the the u.s fought in that battle right but like why is it chicago like i just had so many questions yeah makes sense. <laughs> but you know that's me <laughs> anyway yeah that that's my unhinged thought of the week hope you enjoyed it i was just like i enjoyed to think it about the fact that lot. someone's just like hey we're gonna name an airport after you and then someone's just like getting off of a pl- getting off a plane after they've been in fucking like Cabo mm-hmm. <laughs> just vomiting everywhere <laughs> just like <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. It was named after the Battle of Midway. Why? There you go. Shit, I don't know. It doesn't it just says that. It doesn't say why. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, cool. Good for you. 
yeah, well, now that we are 20 minutes in or whatever. Yay, let's do it. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week, Amelia? We are talking about the sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So if you grew up around the time that we grew up, or even if you didn't slightly earlier than us, and you've been paying attention to television for, you know, roughly 2007 to 2014 you will have likely have heard of how i met your mother Mm -hmm. it has a a veritable cast of characters that i think inspired a good chunk of memes and such Mm -hmm. including sorry i just saw a picture of i just saw a picture of my friend and their dog and there was an acronym that my brain went hold on you need to pay attention to this (laughs) i'll talk uh sorry podcast you don't get to know that one uh anyway but I mean, it, it inspired a lot of like jokes and memes and such that I mm-hmm. think still still are kind of around today. Mm-hmm. Great still, but it's also very well known, I think, for having a very what, what people would consider a very underwhelming ending, especially that last season. That last season was one of those things where like, you know how people like and this is more for the podcast, not for Amelia, but like, you know how people like shit on Game of Thrones? It was like. That was like our Game of Thrones. Like people were like mad about that and how mm-hmm. that, how that that show ended. Mm-hmm. Like how people are mad about Game of Thrones now. So yeah, I know. I can think of like I mean, this could be a whole other topic, but series finales are hard. They're very hard. Yes. And people there when will always be when they're planned are, or unplanned. Yeah. There will always be people who are unhappy with them. However, I would say, like, at least in my adulthood, mm-hmm. I can think of three three series finales that are just, like, even if you bring them up now, they're still hated. Game of Thrones is one, which mm-hmm. didn't end that long ago, but I have a feeling that even 10 years from now, if somebody says something about the Game of Thrones finale, there will be a lot of people who are like oh god how i met your mother and lost so i forgot about i forgot about how mad <laughs> people were about lost because i didn't watch lost so yeah i Ooh, could do boy but i remember topic no, about I, had, that. I had friends in college that were like fucking dead i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna put this here and people can argue with me if they want to and i'm i'm happy to do a podcast about either the finale or the whole show but i liked the lost finale so anyway, I have I have no context. So, <laughs> yep. yep. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about how I met your mother. And partly so we did an episode, I don't know, a million years ago <laughs> about 2000s sitcoms. Yes. And I this- remember recording this on my bed at my old house. Oh, funny. It must have been an early episode then, probably. Yeah. So, and I know that this one got brought up, and I know that we said, like, oh, we could do a lot more just on this, and so it's been kind of on the list for a long time to talk about, and I recently just rewatched the whole series, and so I thought this would be a good time to talk about it. I mistakenly told Cherik that it's been almost 10 years since the finale. It will be nine years in May, but it's a nine-season show, so that feels right i don't know (laughs) and also we'll get to it but uh recently josh radner who played ted he does a a a newsletter what he calls a newsletter usually with just like a lot of like links to things that he's enjoying right now 
and I don't know, I haven't really looked at a lot of them, but he recently released one and wrote a whole like essay about kind of his experience since the show of Mm -hmm. being tied to the show kind of your classic like can't escape the sort of the typecasting not even typecasting but just that like people want you to be that character and people Mm -hmm. have a hard time seeing you after that as something else and just sort of his yeah so i i'm i want to tell you this story mostly to make you laugh but uh, also i while reading this article i was like you know i have the smallest modicum of understanding of what josh radner is going through Mm -hmm. because back when i worked in a children's theater job there was a particular skit and well let me let me back up just just a touch so when I worked at that particular job, the roles were were created in such so like literally anybody could play them. So like what I mean by that is like I could go, OK, well, I'm going to do that track today. I'm going to do track A today. But like I also know tracks B and C. So like theoretically, I could play any part in this in this show. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like they're they're written so ambiguously that like literally anybody could play them. And thus mm-hmm. you can know multiple parts in them. So. We went to this school that's like relatively far away. Like it it was probably like a 30 to 40 minute drive. And I uh, was chosen to play this track. We'll call it track B for for tracking purposes. And track B opens up the show literally screaming about how much they love chocolate. Like running out being like chocolate. Like the the SpongeBob fish that goes chocolate. Like like that. Yeah. Like I'm running around, like trying to re- just just divert the show into conversations about chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. So I do this. The kids always find it funny because it's like, here's this adult person running around acting goofy. That's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Two years later, oh, we go back to this same school with mm-hmm. this with with me there, and we're we don't do that show anymore. That mm-hmm. show has mm-hmm. been retired. So we go. We do the show that is completely different. Mm-hmm. And at the end of these, we always have Q&A so that the mm-hmm. kids can ask us questions about like how quickly change costumes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This one kid, as soon as they get called on, has this huge fucking grin on their face. Oh, no. And they go, aren't you the guy that loves chocolate? And I had to explain to this group of mostly confused elementary school kids what that whole bit was about because this kid just wanted to talk to me about the chocolate bit. And I think it's funny and I was not offended. However, if every school that I went to was like, yo, you're the chocolate guy, I could totally, totally understand where Josh Radner was coming from on a larger scale. But anyway, I was just like, I was like, oh, no, I kind of know what he means because I went to a school once and a kid just like just wanted to talk to me about this fucking chocolate bit. So (laughs) anyway, carry on. Yeah, no, I yeah, I think I'll come back to that a little bit. But let's first start with I I don't want to get too far into the weeds of the premise of the show. You know, I don't want to I don't want to make this podcast inaccessible. But at the same time, like, I just kind of want to get to the meat of some of it but yeah i understand that but the the point is is that it's it's a it's a show about five friends in their late 20s early 30s through most of the show and 
yeah, just sort of their friend group going through life, essentially. And it's set this it's set twenty-five years in the future with mm-hmm. the main character Ted telling his teenage kids the story of quote unquote how he met their mother. Correct. Which I should say real quick, there are probably going to be spoilers in here for this very old show. So like, yes, just be warned now. We're probably going to talk about the ending in detail. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Spoilers all over the place. We'll put that in the description too. So yeah, it's it. The pilot starts with, Ted's best friend Marshall proposing to his longtime girlfriend Lily and Ted basically saying like I want that mm-hmm. I want that and so it sort of kicks off this like journey of him trying to find the love of his life the however you want to qualify his it. happy ending yeah if you will that his dream is to get married and have kids mm-hmm. and this is I mean I think that he had that thought before this but that i think that moment of marshall and essentially like marshall and lily and ted have been a threesome not in a romantic way but just like they've been best friends they've been a triplet of friends yeah yeah since freshman year of college and now they're 26 27 years old so they've been friends for a good almost decade and have essentially all lived together Mm-hmm. for a lot of that time so moved to new york together and so to see his best friends getting married to each other and realizing that like they're probably gonna move out at some point they're probably gonna have kids at some point like i feel a little left behind mm-hmm. i think that a lot of people in their 20s and 30s can relate to that feeling <laughs> oh yeah for sure so you know, and, and throughout the course of the series, he goes back and forth between, like, trying to find these, trying to find his wife to being like, I need to just, like, not date right now, or I need to just date casually right now and kind of go back and forth between, like, I really love being single, but I also really want to do this. And mm. again, I also think that's super relatable of, like, going back and forth between, like, enjoying your single life and desperately wanting a partner. Yeah. So, you know, I always found his storyline to be somewhat relatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in some ways all of them, but yeah. And so, yeah, through, throughout the course of this show, that's where it goes. He has these best friends who get engaged, break up, get married, <laughs> have kids, get job, like get promoted in their jobs and go back and forth in different jobs and different careers and following their dreams and and then he has this they have this friend Robin who he also meets in the pilot and thinks she's it like Mm -hmm. like I've just decided that I want to find my wife and who do I meet yes this woman (laughs) is kismet or serendipity or whatever Mm -hmm. you would like to call it and I may be jumping ahead of you on that that's okay. real quick, but they, and I think in the pilot, he's like, and that's how I met your aunt Robin. And they're like, what? Like- yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he fucks it up pretty quickly Repeatedly. by jumping in too quickly. She's also not looking for a long-term relationship. She is not sure she ever wants to be married. She 
pretty sure she doesn't want to have children. Like, so it's, it's a bad match from the very beginning that he kind of keeps pushing for the whole first season. Mm -hmm. And which like oofa doofa, the optics on that nowadays, like, well, yeah, I mean, he's never really, he doesn't really ever do anything that creepy or that gross, but it just, but no means no. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, she becomes friends with their friend group. And over time, she also starts to develop feelings for him. She did have like, she did enjoy their first date and was interested in him until he told her he loved her on their first date, which don't do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty unhinged on our first date. I unhinged is my word of the day. I'm overusing mm-hmm. it. I'm overemphasizing, but like I didn't go that far. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I one thing that I feel like I have learned and sort of a philosophy I try to hold about most things but especially in dating is that sort of like if if you're your if you be yourself and the person doesn't like it then they're not meant for you it mm-hmm. it's not a sign that you should have done something differently or changed yourself it's a sign that they're not right for you but on the other hand somebody you literally just met like two days ago and then had one date with and you say Mm -hmm. I love you that's I mean that's really only gonna work in maybe 0.0000001 percent of cases or something you know Mm -hmm. so so I hate to say like a hard and fast rule about anything but mm, it's not a great play Mm -hmm. but yeah so so it does make it confusing because over the course of the first season, she does like develop feelings for him, but also kind of says like, we want different things. This is dumb. And then their other friend, Barney, who. <sighs> Barney. Yep. So Barney is a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Throughout the course of the season, you learn about his many plays. In fact, he has a playbook of how I used to own it. Not going to lie. Same. No longer. Same. I have such a love hate relationship with Barney because in a lot of ways, he's really funny. He can be very sweet, even though you wouldn't think so. Mm -hmm. I think for a time, uh, a chunk of the success of the show hinged upon him. Correct. And I, I think it, you know, it really gave Neil Patrick Harris kind of his comeback mm-hmm. before this they cast him in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle where he played a fictionalized version of himself yeah a misogynistic womanizing mm-hmm. version of himself and people thought that was really funny which I did too I thought that was yeah really at the funny. time it was for sure especially because like yeah you knew him as Doogie Howser mm-hmm. <laughs> sweet kid genius who becomes a doctor which like how many people would honestly say that they have no idea who Doogie Howser is but they know exactly who Barney Stinson is exactly like or who Neil Patrick Harris is. No, I, I just mean like when you think yeah. of like characters to be like, right. oh, like, like you know, to mm-hmm. go back to the beginning, Josh Radner is is tied to Ted Mosby. But like mm-hmm. when you have a career in which you have played several high profile characters that were mm-hmm. like in the media lexicon, if you will, mm-hmm. like it's interesting to be like, oh, you have no idea who like 
Neil Patrick Harris's first like yeah. major role was, you know, right. like right. it would be like, and this is no disrespect to Tiffany Amber Thiessen because you know I love her, but it'd mm-hmm. be like because I don't even remember the name of the character from White Collar that she played. Mm-hmm. She played the the like the one of the main dude's wives, but like mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh yeah, I remember Tiffany Amber Thiessen from White Collar and not from Saved by the Bell. That would be like right. what? Like yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah so and that was one of the reasons he got cast in this role Mm -hmm. is because of his persona and the popularity of that from harold and kumar and so yeah like i said in a lot of ways there are things that i really love about barney Mm -hmm. and even the fact that he you know for most of the show talks about how like he doesn't want to get married he doesn't want a family he doesn't like want any of that lifestyle like that's all fine to mm-hmm. me the biggest problem with him is not that he sleeps around it's that it's the amount of lies <laughs> it's the way that he tricks women into sleeping with him and manipulates mm-hmm. them and you know because there, there's a there's an episode called the bracket where they do a march madness bracket of like his former partners <laughs> Mm-hmm. One night stands sure. to find the one that like probably hates him the most because he's he he's being followed by somebody who is telling women near him, like, don't go out with him or whatever. And so you, all these stories come out in this episode of like, oh, he went camping with a woman and then drove away and left her there in the middle of nowhere. Like that shit's gross. Mm hmm. Even though it was played off as funny, at the time it was gross. It's really gross now. And so a lot of what Barney did has always been disgusting. Mm-hmm. But is even worse in the light of today, I guess. I don't know. Again, that's another question of like humor being I think a reflection I this... of the time, but still always being bad. Like, yeah. yeah. I think I said that when we did that initial video, but I I genuinely feel like even more than like the last time, because I think it was like, I think we did it in like 2020 or something like that. Yeah, it was real early. I don't think How I Met Your Mother would have taken off in today's climate at all. Not not the same show. No, no, they would have had to do it. Some things. Yes. Barney, particularly. No, that's not a character you can really have in today and root for. If mm-hmm. you had a character like that in a show now, it would be a villain. It would be a foil. It would be like someone to take down in a short story arc. Yes. Not a best friend. <laughs> and again, like there are some things that I really do like about him. And I do like that they gave him a backstory of like being heartbroken mm-hmm. by his his girlfriend that he thought was going to. Be, he was going to be with forever and go to the Peace Corps with him. And then she ditches him for this corporate guy. And then he was like, I'm going to be corporate man. The most corporate man who ever manned. Mm-hmm. So I do Stocks, like that they gave stock him. options. I do <laughs> Water like that they talk. gave him a backstory that sort of explained that trauma. And they also gave him a backstory of like his mother and his half brother and not knowing who his dad was. And so there's a lot of like, backstory that they give barney that sort of explains doesn't excuse Mm -hmm. who he is in the current day of the show 
again, I think it's the it's the manipulation and the lies and the safety and the you know mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem with with Barney's womanizing. So, but again, he also does have growth throughout the series. He does fall in love. He does decide he wants to get married. He and Robin get married. That's the whole basis of the last season is the whole last season is over the course of like 72 hours of their wedding weekend. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to more of that. But just, you know, he does have growth. And and so there, there are some things about him that like I, I find myself rooting for and I do find him endearing in some ways of like some of his jokes and, you know, some of the nerdy things about him like magic and like it's like trying to be this cool guy who actually has some of these like really kind of nerdy hobbies and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so I I you know I do like some things about him and I he is a good friend in the end like sometimes not but like overall he's a decent friend to this group of people he does seem to really care about and love these people that he and Ted have a falling out and when Ted gets in a car accident and is in the hospital and Barney's one of his emergency contacts, Barney rushes to the hospital to see if he's okay. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like, everybody's kind of like, you care about him. Like, even though you had a falling out, like you still care about him. So like, again, it's not all bad, but, but yeah, there's some not not great stuff yeah but yeah so they they made him a, a, a somewhat of a complete character it's just like the problem is that like the stuff that was focused on mm-hmm. can be seen as like you know nowadays especially a bit of a yikes shall yeah. we say right always a yikes but like less acceptable mm-hmm. i guess so so yeah that i mean that's that's sort of the through line, I mean, they all kind of go through different stages of growth. You know, Marshall and Lily. Lily is kind of gets scared about the idea of getting married because she's like, what about my dreams of being an artist? And like, mm-hmm. so they break up so she can do this art program and then realizes that like, you know, that's not what she it's not not what she wanted, but it just didn't work out the way she thought. And I think also right. sort of comes to the realization that like she can chase her dreams and be married. Yeah. Which that's a really complicated thing in the show. I don't feel like she necessarily felt like she couldn't do both, but just the way that it all worked out and the way she hit it, it made it seem that way. But mm-hmm. anyway, so she's a kindergarten teacher and through most of the show, but also wants to pursue art and eventually becomes like an art. She works for this rich guy and buys art for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Consultant? I don't know. Art curator? No, something. Yeah. And eventually gets offered, like he's going to move to Italy for a year and he wants her to come with to buy art. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the last season for her and Marshall is about their plan to do that but then he gets the call that they want him to be a judge in new york and so what do they do which Mm -hmm. one do they do and yeah robin and barney get married in in the last season and the last season also is ted telling this story 
And you know at this point that he meets the mother at this wedding. Yes. At yeah. And they flash forward a lot in this last season to scenes of him and the mother. Mm-hmm. Who we learn is named Tracy. Played wonderfully by Kristen Milioti. I love her so much. Yes. As this character and as an actress. Yes. So and and he also explains, like, because everybody in the gang meets her before he does. Okay. Which is so funny. And so seeing how they all meet and interact with her and they all have, like, really positive experiences with her mm-hmm. that sort of, like, move them along in a sense that, like, I don't know, she has, like, wisdom to impart on each of, the, on each of them. Mm-hmm. She basically stops Robin from running away from the wedding. She she meets Barney way before that weekend on one of his he hits on her mm-hmm. <laughs> in one of his challenges because he's always accepting challenges. Challenge accepted. Except, yeah, like yeah. yeah. And this this challenge though is Lily and Robin because he basically says like I can pick up a woman doing anything and so Mm. like they spend an evening like telling him like okay do this and one of them is he has to like go and pick up like diapers and like a bunch of other stuff and he meets her in a drugstore during that and he tries to hit on her and she kind of like sees through it and is sort of like i mean she doesn't say it like this but she's basically like who hurt you (laughs) um and they have this like whole conversation outside on a bench Mm. and makes him see that like he's grown beyond this and why is he still doing this shit and that's like in the narrative of the story is the moment that he decides he wants to get back together with robin Mm -hmm. so yeah like she meets all these people from the group and like pushes them forward so so showing how she like fits in before she even meets ted Mm -hmm. and yeah it's 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 a really beautiful way to tell the story i think it's a really beautiful way to tell the story but there's always jokes of course about like why is this show or like why is this taking so long like Mm -hmm. why is this story so long why did you start telling us the story of how we how you met our mother nine years before you actually did yeah or eight years before you actually did and you know to me it made sense of like uh, this is what st- sparked it of wanting to find a partner was Marshall and Lil- Lily getting engaged. Yeah. But a lot of very astute people also said, well, he also m- meets Robin in that episode. And when you get to the very, very end, you find out that the mother has died after an illness. And it's been several years now. And so they get to the end of the story. And the kids are like, this isn't the story of how you met mom. This is the story of how you love Aunt Robin. Yes. And it's been six years. Mom's gone. It's time to move on. We're fine if you want to date. We're fine if you want to date Aunt Robin. And he goes and stands outside her apartment building with the blue French horn as he does in the pilot. And she smiles. And that's how the show ends. Mm-hmm. I remember watching this finale at the time and being very disappointed 
I just watched it again in my rewatch and felt the same and different. Okay. (laughs) I feel like at the time it aired, I remember thinking like one of the things that I always really loved about this show is that it's a comedy, but it doesn't forget its past. Yeah. This show does a really great job of being cohesive. It does a really good job of like building on what has already occurred, calling back to old things, whether they're jokes or not, explaining things or finding out the answer to something that got brought up seasons ago, you know. And I and one of the narrative styles that I really love about this show that I think I've never really seen much before is that because or ever is because it's being told in the future. He admits like, I don't remember, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't remember when this happened or whatever. And so sometimes so like there's there's a buildup to a story. And then he's like, wait a minute, that wasn't this birthday. That was not the birthday after that. So scratch that i'll get back to that story when we get there or whatever mm-hmm. or like he dates somebody and he's like i i don't remember her name it's been 30 years let's call her blah blah mm-hmm. <laughs> and or like yeah in those the, the last couple episodes i can't remember which one he talks about like oh we had a party for something i don't remember what the party was and so then they cut back to the apartment and mm-hmm. people are there for the party and there's a big banner. And it says like, happy something or other. <laughs> yes. So I do. I do love that. Like, I love that as well. Yeah. Thinking that through thinking those little things through of like, OK, of course, you don't remember. Like we all tell stories about like, I don't remember what this was about or where we were exactly. But like this thing or like. And so that to me, that was always just so smart. And yeah. And, and I always loved that flashbacks would incorporate that stuff yes so it's like you're in the visual in ted's mind Mm -hmm. rather than actually flashing back to that moment Mm -hmm. and so i always thought that was the yeah that was really smart but yeah yeah i can very much agree with that you get to the end so like the narrative style of this show the the it feels true to like you telling a story because it's like are you going to remember every detail like every every person to an extent is an unreliable narrator because they're going to remember things differently. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember who I was having a conversation with, but I was like and and mild, mild spoilers for Glass Onion like that. The, the, that movie hinges so much on what did you actually see happen? Mm, OK, like. Do you remember the way that this happened? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make like, I'm going to make a thing up. Like, did mm-hmm. you see did you see them put their glasses on mm-hmm. or is that what you thought you saw? Mm-hmm. Like, because you yeah. were like coming into the room as they were turning away. So, like, did you see them putting their glasses on or were they like touching their face? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it plays on that idea of like, oh, no, like think mm-hmm. actually hard about what it is that you saw. Mm-hmm. So, like when it's telling a story and he's like oh shit i don't remember what her name is it feels genuine because like when you're mm-hmm. telling it like like a real human like you're telling a story and you're like mm-hmm. i don't remember her name or you're telling a story but mm-hmm. you want to omit certain details for whatever reason you're mm-hmm. gonna do shit like that so mm-hmm. like it, it just it makes a lot of sense 
Yeah. Well, and like he talks about like how in college they smoke weed, but he never says that. Yes. He always says like like the first time he's telling his kids about this, he's like, "We ate a lot of sandwiches." sandwiches. And you're like, "The kids are old enough to know what the fuck you're talking about." Like, can we just can we just get over this, please? <laughs> but that's a very old person thing to do, to be like, I mm-hmm. can't talk about that. Well, but then there are other times where he's talking about, like, well, again, Barney going after women, but mm-hmm. also him going after women. And so, there, like, there is a time where he says something, or at least once, probably more than that, I don't remember now, but where he says something about, like, is this weird that I'm talking about this with my kids? And you're like, yeah, it is. But at the same time, there's something that I almost like appreciate about the fact that he's being like super honest. Yeah. Because I think that like a lot of people get to being an adult and get to know their parents in a different way and go, wait a second, you're a real human being. Mm You're not Superman. You're not infallible. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, like you had you have gone through things that I'm going through. You had problems and insecurities and yeah. So I, I mean, he's never graphic about it. Right. But just being honest about the fact that like yeah, I dated other people before I met your mother and had you and and those kinds of things. So it's funny the things that he like covers up and the things that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so one of the things I've always appreciated about it is sort of its honesty and realness, for lack of a better term, that it's a comedy, but they do weave in sad moments from the beginning. I mean, Lily leaving and Marshall being devastated that she's gone Mm -hmm. and has broken their engagement. That's real. Later, there's a scene where Marshall finds out that his dad died. Oh, I remember. Oh, man. And that scene is awful. I mean, it's beautiful. He does a really good job with it, especially because the lore with that is... And it's been corroborated. Laura makes it sound like it's maybe not, uh, it's maybe not real, but is that he didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. That he knew, Jason knew that Allison was going to get out of the cab and say something sad to him, uh-huh. dramatic to him, something, but he didn't know what. So his acting in that moment is improv. It's it's reacting in the moment and it's really mm-hmm. really good and his his funeral and going through those kinds of things you know there are a lot of things that are swept under the rug or made fun of or made jokes about that you'd be like uh i don't know a normal person would probably be more upset about that but yeah but at the same time like there are dramatic elements in this show there mm-hmm. are real moments in this show there is a bit of fantasy to it, but and sitcominess to it, but there's also, yeah. And so, so I think how I feel, how I felt about the finale back then and how I feel about it now is mm-hmm. that on the surface, I don't hate it because 
that's real. Yeah. That's real that you meet somebody and like he meets the mother they date eventually she gets pregnant they have two kids they finally get around to getting married that like they were planning to get married but then just like life and kids got in the way Mm -hmm. and eventually they just kind of elope essentially and and then after time she gets sick and dies and that is heartbreaking but it happens that's real and i think too that ted moving on and dating again after time has passed is real Mm -hmm. even him being interested in robin again is somewhat realistic because their biggest problem was wanting different things. Yeah. And that now that they're both older, you know, they've changed what they want as well. That when they first started dating way back at the beginning, Mm -hmm. they were in their twenties and Ted was looking for a wife and mother of his children. Right. And she didn't want to be those things. Eventually she does get married and eventually gets divorced which Mm -hmm. i have other thoughts about but you know and 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 so she's more settled that she's traveled all around the world with her job which is what Mm -hmm. she always wanted right but by the time we get to 2030 which is when this is set this yeah him telling the story is that she's kind of settled down she doesn't travel as much for work anymore Mm -hmm. and so what she wants out of life is different. She's maybe ready to settle down with somebody. Probably doesn't want to have kids still, because that's a thing that is throughout the show, but he mm-hmm. has teenage children. It's different. Yeah. Everything everything has changed in in for better and for worse, you know, like Yeah. And so I don't even hate that on the surface. What I hate about it the most is that they basically spent nine seasons telling us why Robin and Ted should not be together. And then they put them together. Yes. And that's where they failed. That's Mm -hmm. where they failed in the show. They did so many great things in this show. But where they failed is that every time that Ted... Because they do date for about a for a yeah, full second. Yeah, I was gonna season. say there's there's a there's a lot of like back and forth of like mm-hmm. like of like oh Ted Ted is over it and now Robin's interested and Robin's over it now Ted is interested and yeah, like and it's mostly the, the timing Ted. doesn't yeah mostly like, but like they season, do go it's back both and forth of them, and mm-hmm. then they do date all of season two but they break up because they want different things mm-hmm. like that's the reason they break up yeah and. For the most part, she spends a lot of season three, like, getting over it, I think. Mm -hmm. It's not that she doesn't care about him anymore, but mostly there really aren't a lot of points through the rest of the show where she becomes interested in him again or considers getting back together with him. There's one point where he does kiss her and 
it seems like maybe they might, but then she has to like immediately go on assignment and comes back and is just like, this is a bad idea. Like, Mm -hmm. I love you, but I love you as a friend, like basically. And we could easily go down that road, but I don't think we should. And it just like, let's not. And even up until the very, very end, I mean, you find out at the beginning of season nine that Ted is moving to Chicago right after the wedding because Mm -hmm. basically because he can't handle watching Barney and Robin be married. Yeah. Especially with Lily and Marshall moving to Rome. Mm -hmm. Is that like, I'm going to hang out with my ex-girlfriend and my best friend who are are married married together, each other. Mm -hmm. And like talks about throughout the show uh, how like, like he'll talk to other people and be like, oh yeah, we all hang out. And they're like, that's weird. You get that, right? And he's like, no, it's not weird. And you're like, they're like, mm, it kind of is, though. <laughs> and like, I agree with both sides. Yeah. In, in a sense. But, but yeah, every time that he comes back to it, there's always like, there's a reason you didn't work. And it is partly because a big part of it is because of you wanting different things. But it also is just like, you just don't fit. Like, you did, but you've also changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, they, and that, yeah, at the very, very end, Ted kind of says, like, not only do I have to let you go, but I'm realizing that it's like, I love you as a friend, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's complicated. But anyway, but yeah, so for me, that's, that's the failure of the whole show. And that's yeah. why the finale is disappointing. Is because it it is because they prove they were trying to show for nine years why those two shouldn't be together, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden we're supposed to want them to be together. Yeah, yeah. I I also think too because because it's a TV show, even with real elements and elements of you of the viewer like relating to the characters or the situations they're in it's still a tv show Mm -hmm. and so yeah while that while that story could be real is real has happened to people yeah because it's a scripted tv show that you know somebody is writing creating and developing it feels like they killed the mother so they could put them together yeah okay i was gonna i was gonna say that like if you asked my opinion on it and there there's a thing that i wanted to address that we that was discussed during the panel uh that we both sat in during the boy meets world at c2e2 mm-hmm. and they were talking about how like if it was written today it would be so much harder for them because of like like when girl meets world was on they were getting feedback on the show in real time like mm-hmm. as it was airing and mm-hmm. I think that that was like a thing that was that ultimately affected how I met your mother is that like Twitter was a thing for the majority of its run. So like people were putting their thoughts and feelings and and like on 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 social media where anyone that was writing the show could readily read it. And like articles were being written about this show and how dynamic and great it was. But also criticisms may have been taken a bit too far by the writers and they may have possibly gotten away with gotten away from what they wanted to do 
because they were looking so much into what the public's perception of the show was. And I think that that is is really evident to me in the finale because it's like you you name the show How I Met Your Mother and then the character doesn't show up until the end and then she's only around for like a couple of episodes and you find out that she's dead and it's like not only was that like that does that hurt as someone who is invested in this show but also the, like like you uh like you mentioned earlier both the actress and the character were fantastic so it was like oh awesome a new great dynamic to this to and this she was so show. perfect for ted right and then you just go hey, oh yeah well she died like shit happens it's like no 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 stop like you went through eight years of shit happens let us it's, have like a good thing here yeah it's almost like gaslighting almost yeah like how it it's not how i met your mother it's how i met aunt robin <laughs> yeah it's it's how i how i was in how i didn't date your aunt robin for for a an extremely long amount of time because we didn't work out but now there's a chance that we'll work out because i told you this story about how your mom is dead like yeah and and again like i said in in a real life situation people die yeah and it's awful and it's sad and it does make sense to me that after some time has passed that ted would tell this story to his kids about meeting and falling in love with their mother Mm -hmm. some of the lead up the backstory probably wasn't necessary but again this is where it's a tv show (sighs) and and the only thing i would say too about about that about what you're saying about audience perception and interaction is that this was their intention from the start they've said this and the kids were all all the kids scenes were filmed in like season one okay yeah that makes sense that does make sense and so there's a finale i mean because throughout the show i mean in season one the kids do talk back Mm -hmm. not a lot but they do have reactions to what he's saying over time, those reactions become a lot more muted because, again, they just filmed a lot of reactions and stuck them in where they needed to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the footage is just the kids sitting there, like, listening to him. They clearly did think through some of it because they do have some reactions throughout the show where, like, I think it's, like, season, I don't know, pretty late in the game, six or something, where, like, he explains that they all smoked at one time or another and they keep showing the kids going, What?! Um, so like they do, they clearly did think through and film a bunch of reactions, whether they knew what they were going to use them for or not. But in the finale, he says, and that's how I met your mother. And they show Ted sitting at a desk, like saying this, and then they cut to the kids and the kids have a whole conversation with him about Mm -hmm. like, no, this is about how you love Aunt Robin and you should ask her out and so they have a whole conversation back and forth. You're totally correct. My 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 re- remembrance of the show is off, but so they clearly knew and and you know what? Maybe they filmed multiple things with the kids. So maybe, maybe they had a few different endings in mind. And so due to audience perception and or other things, they may have chosen this one to go with. I don't know, but they at least had this ending in mind from the very beginning and and i do think that like that is a one reason why this show was good in its structure and callbacks and all that stuff because a lot of it was 
planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think lots of details and stuff weren't, but like some of the major beats of the whole show were planned out in advance. And I think it it would be interesting to know how it would have gone if the show had been canceled after like two seasons or four seasons or mm-hmm. I do know that like the the last season of the the wedding was sort of not planned, not because the wedding wasn't planned, but just that like they thought it would go eight seasons mm-hmm. and that that like spending the whole season over this wedding weekend was maybe not all of it planned. They were probably mm-hmm. going to make that into a much shorter thing, but I don't know. I don't know that for sure. So. So, yeah, but t- to me, that's, that's, that's totally where, fair. To but me, I think that's my, where. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I still think that my feeling of them just kind of like cutting off their nose to spite their face with the whole Robin situation still just still I was just like you you introduced this great character she works so well with the diet like the group dynamic Mm -hmm. the actress is great the character is great Mm -hmm. and then you throw it away just so that you could be like ah subversion because we said Aunt Robin at the way back in season one you remember we said that and it's just Mm -hmm. like okay yes true she is not the mother of your kids but like this is basically just a love story between you and Robin that got temporarily diverted, especially at the end, because Robin and you went like, oh, but Robin gets married. So they like she can't be the one that I felt I was like, come on, fuck off. Like, yeah. So that's where it feels like a betrayal. It's just that yeah. they spent the whole show making you fall in love with Ted and Robin to an extent, but then showing you why they don't work. Mm-hmm. And why they yeah, it's like be you together. said, they constantly were like playing this game of like, they should be together, but here's a great reason why they don't work. And then at the end, they just go, oh, but you've been in love with her re- regardless of all of these reasons that they don't work, that mm-hmm. you don't work this whole time. So why don't you yeah. just date her? And right. it's like, ah, fucking, yeah. okay. And exactly like I said, like because it's a TV show, because you know it's not real because somebody's creating it and writing it, mm-hmm. you know that this was a choice. You knew that this was a choice to kill the mother. And a choice to put Ted and Robin together at the very end. And so that's where it feels like, again, it's a, that's a real thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. But in a TV show that is mainly for comedy, it just felt like such a betrayal. Yeah. And just such a shitty way to treat that character. And, and Tracy as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that oh, okay. character of Tracy. Okay. And again, season one, there's an episode it's the Thanksgiving episode, so pretty early on in the show, where Ted and Robin try to go help at a soup kitchen for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and fucking idiots, that's the day everybody wants to help at a soup kitchen. <laughs> that's one of those days where there is a, such a thing as too many volunteers. Mm-hmm. So go volunteer on a Wednesday in June. Anyway, I digress. And they find out that Barney has been volunteering at the soup kitchen for a very long time and that he's mm-hmm. like everybody loves a him there and thinks yeah. he's such a great person and whatever and then you find out oh he's actually doing it for community service like court mandated community service um mm-hmm. <laughs> but the point is, is that the at the end of the episode then barney takes them to his favorite strip club because Barney is Barney and this woman comes out like on stage and they're like everybody put your hands together for Tracy. And then the voiceover says like, and kids, that's how I met your mother. 
And they're like, what? And he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So like even, even seven episodes in or whatever, they knew her name was going to be Tracy. Yeah. So like they had it built up and I, I love that joke. I think it's so funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was hiding in plain sight. Cause we didn't right. make the connection until we find out that the mother's name is actually Tracy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and just the ways that they wove it together of like him finding her umbrella and having it for a while and then accidentally leaving it at her roommate's apartment so she gets it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is again where it's like fantasy, right? So, and just there are other things throughout the series. The fact that he dates her roommate and then subsequently breaks up with the roommate because everything he thought he liked about her is actually, actually was was yeah. about the mother so mm-hmm. or like he accidentally on his first day of teaching college he accidentally goes to the wrong room so he mm-hmm. starts teaching and everybody's like dude this is econ 305 not architecture 101 or whatever but he he won't let anybody tell him that for the first like i don't know five ten minutes until the actual econ professor shows up yeah and so then they they show that she was in that class and like he mentions it at the time and then in the last season they do like a flashback yeah of her and her roommate played by rachel bilson in that class which has one of my favorite moments of hers she meets her and is talking to her and rachel bilson is like i just moved here and like i don't even have a roommate and like all these things and she's like sure you do i my roommate just left i have an open room you should live with me and she's like we just met like how do you know i'm not a serial killer and and the mother goes well what are the chances that we're both serial killers (laughs) (laughs) and she just does it like so like deadpan and then she's like, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, she's such a big nerd and she's so funny and she loves all the like nerdy shit that not all of the nerdy shit, I should say, mm-hmm. which is, I think, very real of that Ted likes. Like there's a lot of nerdy shit that Ted likes that they, the gang always makes fun of him for. The character is such a good character and mm-hmm. fits in so well. And for them mm-hmm. to just be like, we're going to kill her just so that we can put Ted and Robin together is just like a. Exactly. And again, again, if they hadn't spent the whole show trying to explain to us why they didn't work, it might be okay. Because, again, people die. Mm-hmm. And their widow, widowers, like, date again. Mm-hmm. And so it could have been okay. But they just spent so much time building up how this person was the perfect person for Ted. Mm-hmm. and how robin wasn't yes and that's where you lo- that's where you lose everybody mm-hmm. and i think yeah i don't know we've we've kind of said that over and over again but yeah, yeah I, but at I, the I, end I feel of the like day, there's more we could say for sure but go but, on but i do think like i said at the end of the day what i do really love about this show is that as somebody who is watched this show in their 20s and 30s who is in their 30s i do have a soft spot for shows like this about kind of a friend group that become your kind of quote-unquote chosen family Mm -hmm. because 
I feel like I have that. It's not the same. We're not all hanging out at McLaren's or Central Park all the time. <laughs> and that's so unrealistic. There's so many times in that show where they're like, oh, yeah, Robin lives in Brooklyn, but hangs out at McLaren's in the Upper West Side all the time. No, she doesn't. That doesn't make sense. It would take her over an hour to get there. Mm. <laughs> anyway, but the, but I have a soft spot for that because I think like that type of sitcom is more relatable to me than a family sitcom. Yeah. Than than some workplace sitcoms. Some are really relatable, and and that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy other sitcoms. But I I think these like friend ones have a special place in my heart because it just feels more relatable to me yeah and i think in some ways how i met your mother feels more relatable to me than maybe friends does because they're closer to my age i was closer to being an adult in these when this was on whereas like friends ended when i was a senior in high school so like Mm -hmm. it wasn't super relatable at the time it's more relatable now and i i also think too like the the finale cuts forward in time several times and kind of shows how like they sort of lose touch with each other that especially Robin because it's a hard for her to be around Barney once they get divorced and and just like she has a different life she like Mm -hmm. is traveling all over the world and stuff and Ted and and Tracy and the kids live in the suburbs and Lily and Marshall are in the city and in Rome and in the city and Barney's doing his Barney thing. And it's just like, they just don't have the same stuff in common. They don't have the ease of, of being together the way they once did. Mm-hmm. And it's super sad and it makes it really hard. I think like friends was smart in that it ended when they all kind of moved away. Yeah. That it was, the show was like, we're going to start when we all come together and we're going to end when we all kind of split apart. But the How I Met Your Mother decided to show what that's kind of like after yeah. by flashing forward. Mm-hmm. And and again, especially as somebody in their later 30s, it's sad, but it's real. The way that you lose touch with people or don't, see people or relate to people the same way you once did relationships change and so i appreciate that but at the same time it's also like a again this is a little bit of a fantasy mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's why most shows don't necessarily show that kind of stuff so yeah but anyway in terms of barney and robin in some ways i really love them as a couple in some ways i don't I think his manipulation is not great of not only other women, but of Robin. Yeah. But I also think they have a lot more in common and that one of the things that they are trying to deal with during their wedding weekend is like, we are both very independent people who Mm -hmm. make very independent decisions and we need to somehow learn how to make decisions together and be a team and let each other know what we're doing yeah. and consult each other. And I think that's real. And, and I think like 
it's one reason why they do and don't work. Like they do work because they both are like that. And so they get it, but they also don't work because they're both so independent. Yeah. And they don't know how to. And I think that's partly why they get divorced just because they never really figured out how to be a team, but also because she was traveling all the time. And so Mm -hmm. that's the scene that you see is them traveling and basically saying like, when I'm gone, we're unhappy. When I bring you with me, we're unhappy. Like this Mm -hmm. just doesn't work. And it's not that we don't love each other. It's just that this doesn't work. And so again, it's like, that's very real. Um, but again, they could have just as easily put them back together at the end when she's ready to be more settled. Right. For this, I mean, for the same reasons, essentially. And also in the finale, you find out that Barney uh, finally got a girl pregnant, which. How did it Surprise. take that long? Yeah. Right. But also. Why? OK, I'm this is a plot hole that I hadn't really ever thought of, but like. If he's such a womanizer who throughout the series talks about dodging a bullet of Mm -hmm. like having kids, why didn't he get a vasectomy (laughs) years ago? Not that that I mean, not that that's 100 percent, but but it's still but it's like but there's it's like the easiest way to resolve that issue. Right. There's a whole episode where he he creates a new holiday, not a Father's Day, mm-hmm. because he's so excited about not being a father and about uh, somebody he slept with false alarm. <laughs> but when he meets his baby, he immediately falls in love with her. And I mm-hmm. do think there is. I think because of the growth of him throughout the series and the eventual like willing to fall in love willing to get married wanting to commit that i can understand how like he would do a 180 in a sense about kids once that happened and there were other times in the series where like he likes kids Mm -hmm. um there's an episode weirdly this is after he and robin break up but where he and ted decide that they're gonna adopt a baby together because it's kind of one of those like Ted's like I don't want to wait for a person anymore I'll just do it or whatever Mm -hmm. and Barney's like yeah we should do it together so like Barney has always like has not always Barney's always been really excited not to have kids but then there have been other points where like some of his facade comes down and he's like but actually babies are cute or like you Mm -hmm. know so I don't think it's really that weird or out of character that like in the moment that he meets his daughter, he's like in love with her and yeah. wants to devote his life to her. So, so there are things about the finale that I do like. A lot of it is sad, and given the fantasy of the show, is hard to swallow. But yes, at the end of the day, it's really just that. There's a whole through line through the whole show that is undone at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, it just it it just feels not good, man. Mm-hmm. So 
I still enjoy it. It has not ruined the show for me. I did watch the finale all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. There is a director's cut of the end of the finale where, and this is real. Like this isn't just like somebody put this together on YouTube. This is Mm -hmm. on like a special feature in the DVD box set Um, (laughs) that like recuts it so that there, there's a sort of a voiceover that Ted does at the end that they just kind of move it forward, like over the wedding. I'd have to watch it again. Cause I don't remember all of it, but like sure. it basically eliminates him getting together with Robin. And I think mm-hmm. it eliminates the mother dying as well. And, and I really like that ending. I really like that ending. Yeah. And cause there is a moment at Ted and, and Tracy's wedding where Barney and Robin kind of look at each other in a way. And so for me, that whole idea of like, maybe they could get back together once, like once she's not traveling as much anymore and it makes more sense again, Mm -hmm. that could happen. But maybe, but if you're one of those people who like doesn't like that or doesn't want that to happen, you could just interpret that as like, well, this is weird we were married and now we're at this other wedding or whatever you could interpret it a lot of different ways so it it's a real it reminds me of the way that get out like how get out had a different ending and he just screened it and was like no this is reality true but like Mm -hmm. you know let's 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 go for the better play here rather than like sticking to the story i'm not going to get into it if you already know i think we've talked Mm -hmm. about it a couple of times on the podcast but yeah but yeah, I, I, I like that ending better. It's It doesn't eliminate all of the sadness and the too realness of the, of the finale, but it eliminates kind of the worst parts, the death and getting back together with Robin. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. I think it's really good. And I really enjoy, and this is such a dumb little thing or whatever, but at the very... And they do almost like a movie end credits where Mm -hmm. they show a frame, not even a frame. It's like because it's multiple frames, but they show a little like clip essentially of each of the characters from the first episode and have it be like, you know, Jason Siegel as Marshall, Mm -hmm. Allison Hannigan as Lily. And they even put tracy in too as one of those main characters obviously Mm -hmm. she's not in the first episode but it's just such a fun way to like damn look at how much younger they were (laughs) like look at how much has changed and it's just like i don't know there's something very cinematic about it that i really love and kind of hits you right in the feels but anyway that's my long ass (laughs) i loved it honestly it's great to to go back over all that so anyway, let us know your thoughts if you agree with me or not, mm-hmm. or you know, favorite scenes, lines, jokes, anything. Unjokes. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna go back to the Josh Radner's essay for a second. Yeah. yeah, go for it. And just say that like it's worth reading if you can get your hands on it. I'll see if I can link it in the description. Essentially it's it's sort of the classic story of like I didn't want to be pigeonholed as this one person Mm -hmm. because like 
while an important part of my life, I'm more excited about what I'm doing currently. And I want people to be excited about what I'm doing currently and not always talk about this thing that I did mm-hmm. once upon a time. But that over time, I have realized that like the fact that people still remember me from that is is nice because it means that my work meant something to them and that you know again going back to the boy meets world panel they all kind of said something similar to that of like when we were done with the show we were just kind of done with the show and Mm -hmm. we were ready to move on and do something different whether that was other acting roles or something else completely and that having to talk about it all the time was got annoying sometimes but now that we like look back on it we're so grateful for that experience and that we've learned over time that the more you try to resist it the more it just keeps coming back at you and so i think like that's that's it's sort of that same thing of like the more he resisted trying to be ted for people or talk about the show with people the more they turned on him and said like well you're ungrateful or you don't care that this thing you did is something that i love and you're ruining that for me and Mm -hmm. you know again some of that some of that reaction is over dramatic but at the same time like like he says there's something there is something really beautiful to be a part of something that helped people through bad times or that people loved so much that they remember it fondly several years later. Yeah. And so it, it I think the essay was something about like calling a truce with, with Ted Mosby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is really beautiful. He talks about how he stops running from Ted and learns to embrace it. And, and mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. And I, I see, so I, like as an actor, I see where he's coming from. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be pigeonholed as, as random generic wrestler or, or daddy or Leroy or, you know, I could go on and on and on mm-hmm. or, or, you know, or John, but like, those characters mean something to people regardless of whether I played them or not. And like Mm -hmm. for those people that remember going back to like the chocolate kid, like that meant something to them enough that Mm -hmm. they wanted to mention it when they saw me two years later. Mm -hmm. So like to, to let that importance still be a thing Mm -hmm. I think is important. And it really hit me reading it, knowing the conversations that we've had around our C2E2 experience because a lot of people were like, well, why wasn't Ben Savage there? And that's like, that's not his thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I was told that. And so I'm passing that information on Mm -hmm. and it's not for me to decide when he becomes okay with that or not, Mm -hmm. or if he does, you know, Mm -hmm. but like the, the fact of the matter is, is that like, that's a part of his life that he, he, he gave a part of his life to that and then stepped away then was asked to return to it and agreed and said okay well now now i'm done with it like Mm -hmm. now for real i'm done with it so like really that's his right and and i can do nothing but respect it Mm -hmm. 
but my hope is, is if I were ever to run into him on the street to be like, Hey man, I really enjoyed all your work and like, leave it at that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and for it to be appreciated, I guess in that way. Yeah. So I guess I, you know, I mean, not to go off on a tangent, but the little bit that I know about that situation, I don't necessarily think that if you said like, Oh my God, I really loved boy meets world. I, I loved Corey or whatever. Like, I don't think he would be like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I don't like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I don't think he's totally disavowed it. I think he's just like, I'm doing other things and I don't necessarily want to like talk about it forever, especially like on a podcast that's going to go on for probably a few years. Mm -hmm. Now, the fact that he's not even been interviewed does sort of show you that like he's really not interested in that at least not right now but he's also doing other things he's running for congress so and it's okay for him and the actors and everybody to have multiple interests true yeah and i and i will say one last thing is that that i know in in a lot of ways these sitcoms any sitcoms really are a product of their time Mm -hmm. right so like jokes and references and things like that may have been acceptable at the time. Uh, and when I say acceptable, I mean like societally accepted. Right. That doesn't mean they weren't bad or wrong. But, and so that's true of this one as well. I will say that like, I remember rewatching Friends a few years ago and going like, man, there's a lot of gay jokes. Like a lot. And a lot of jokes about like Chandler in particular, but all the characters mm-hmm. like being effeminate at different times. Yeah. And it just, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth now because those kinds of, the kinds of jokes on that show would not work on a sitcom made today. Right. And there's a lot of those jokes in How I Met Your Mother as well. There's a lot of fat phobic stuff in there. Yeah. Mostly from Barney about women that he's chasing but and there are some uh gay lgbtq kind of jokes Mm -hmm. to an extent but one thing that josh wrote in his essay was something about like the ways in which ted like fucked the trend of toxic masculinity kind of yeah Mm -hmm. and i do agree with that that I think that there, yes, there were some gay jokes, that kind of thing. I think, but they he, were I often, think he said male vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe that's what it was. But yes, I mean, this is a show with a male lead who is wearing his heart on his sleeve and trying to find a love. You don't always get that. No. And, and so I do think it was steps forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that there were, like, there's, I think there's a time where, like, maybe he's mistaken for gay, and he kind of is like, no, 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 I'm not gay. Like, not, I mean, I don't feel like he says, like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, I'm not, but I'd be really, I'd be a great gay man or something. Mm-hmm. Like, he just sort of is like, I'm only saying no to be factual. I'm yeah. not saying no in a, like, don't Fearful, put me in that like, box. Yeah. I'm scared mm-hmm. that you think that about me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like th- those kinds of things. And like, th- I know that there are episodes where like, I think there's an episode where like Barney, Marshall and Ted are at the bar and they're just kind of like, 
if you were gay, which one of us would you want to date? Like, <laughs> and they get offended when, you know, you pick the other one or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's something about that, that like is, is a step forward from maybe sitcoms of the nineties mm-hmm. and, and yeah, the way in which again, Marshall is like a super vulnerable person. And in some ways, the women on that show are the like more stereotypical, tough, strong Krav Maga lady. <laughs> yeah, well, Which, like, and, I like, never knew anything about until that episode. I was like, "What the fuck is Krav, Krav Maga?" Maga yeah, <laughs> yeah. But even just Lily and Robin. I mean, in the finale, I think in the finale, yes, in the finale, they go to the bar after the wedding and they're like man it's so weird that ted's gone or whatever like this is everything just feels different and then ted's sitting there at at their normal table drinking a beer and they're like what the hell man why aren't you in chicago and he's like i'm not doing that (laughs) and you're just like what the (laughs) which again in a real situation i feel like you would have called your best friends and been like guess what i'm not moving but because but, he just like shows up at the bar and they just a find power him move there. that I love that and like the, he's just like I'm just drinking a beer and he's just like he's just like nah I'm not doing that I met a girl and Marshall is like what we have to do this again like he's basically just like we've been through this so many times like and all this shit and then like he calls her and he walks mm-hmm. away and he's chatting with her on the phone. And Marshall is just sitting there kind of like, oh, my God, we have to, like, what is he doing? Why is he tedding this up, basically? <laughs> and Lily is like, this is different. I can tell. There's, this is different. She's very perceptive. Anyway, but, but, but before he gets on the phone and he's explaining this, Marshall's like, you can't just do this. Like, this delicate flower over here just spent like an hour crying in in the shower about this. And and then Lily goes, yeah, and I was pretty bummed too. (laughs) And so like they do that kind of stuff all the time where they like, they, they give some sort of like girly description, quote unquote, girly feminine description of something so that you think it's Lily or you think it's, robin or what do you think it's the woman in the situation and then and then the woman in that situation says something like yeah and i was upset too or whatever yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah. like okay good so, subversions yeah. good subversions you know. so there's good subversions in this in this show i find but there's still problematic jokes there's still problematic jokes in shows on today and yeah but i think over time they get better and yeah we'll just have to keep making progress so anyway i just spent like two hours talking about this show that i love but also have a lot of feelings Feelings about about. yeah critiques of and i said some stuff too (laughs) 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 at least there are podcasts where you say more than i do yeah yeah so it's balanced question it's it it, not a question mark (laughs) definitely period it is balanced period so yeah, so uh, if you have thoughts about it, you can hit up Amelia at uh, Shake Beats World on Instagram or at Fuck the Perfect Life also on Instagram. But is it is it spelled correctly on on Instagram? Yes. Remind me. Okay. Yes, on I, Facebook I it's not. Okay. They apparently don't let you have a page with a swear word in it mm-hmm. on Facebook, so it's F dash K 
because that's what they would allow me to do. So okay. I forget sometimes because Instagram's shit changes around sometimes and sometimes yeah. they will ban women just for breathing. So I just wanted to make sure. No, apparently they're fine with the word fuck, but not nipples. Mm hmm. Okay, so yeah, I got that right. So gay me, pat on the back, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, or you can reach myself at a black sparrow. Most places, I'm. I don't. I'm not very active on Twitter, but you can definitely contact me there. I do see it if I'm if I'm added. So feel free to do so. Or uh, uh, you know, at aswaydpod mm-hmm. at gmail dot com. You can reach mm-hmm. us there or on Instagram. We're at the thing that I said. Mm-hmm. You could also not make up a theme song for it because this is a million. What the fuck is this? Woo! If you don't know what this part of the the show is, I don't know how to tell you that this part that I that I just <laughs> send something to Amelia without context. Okay. Okay. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> okay. So it is a a person. Of indeterminate age, I swear, this kid could be 14 or 24, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting on a ball, kind of like one of those, like, exercise balls, although kind of small. But anyway, is sitting on one of those, is having some trouble with balance, the ball sort of rolls forward, and so all of a sudden he's, like, on his stomach on the ball? But as he does that, his legs sort of, like, sweep around and catch two backpacks. (laughs) And then he ends up, like, falling off the ball with these, like, backpacks around his legs. (laughs) Oh, man. Full disclosure, I changed that one (laughs) mid-episode. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I enjoyed it. It was good. I changed to that one mid-episode because I was like, you know what, let me be ahead of the game and get it all uploaded on Canva and everything is set and ready. And as I did that, Imgur was like, hey, here's something you haven't seen before. And I'm like, you know who else has seen it? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I haven't seen it before and it is fucking hilarious and I'm going to go watch it probably 10 more times. <laughs> thank you thank you for also saying what it is that I said because I was laughing too hard to fully say the sentence. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so I hope that at no point you thought, man, Shirk thought well, must not be paying attention or thought the thing that I said was real funny because I was trying not to laugh while I was changing that. <laughs> no, I was like I listening no point, and doing that. I at no point thought you were not paying attention. Great. Because I definitely still was. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. we. This is, I think, probably the longest voicemail that we have ever left. Uh, yeah i think we've probably hit your limit uh sorry uh, about that but not yeah oh i mean we'll send you like one of those like insert phone card company in the 90s here cards so that you can top up your minutes or whatever after (laughs) listening to this And then next week, we'll call you about how I got rid of my scale and I only weigh myself at the grocery store with the produce. Bye! (laughs) Bye!